Hey guys, welcome back to A Higher Way with Tay. This is Taylor Taylor, and I wanted to take a quick minute today before I introduce Dolly to just have a minute of some real talk. So I have said from the very beginning that my intention with this podcast was to have a place where we have real conversations, where we talk about real life shit. And it's not always fluffy and fun and entertaining. It's just real. And I am telling you guys, it is the first week of February and I am looking at 2023 and I feel like the doors are about to get blown the fuck off. I mean, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and I'm getting ready to just go up and up and up and then shoot down the other side. And this comes on the tail end of a few years that I have felt very stagnant and I have felt very small and I have felt afraid of what my future held. And this year has so much promise and so much opportunity. And some of it I will share with you very, very soon. And I can't wait. But I just wanted to take a second to say, you know, stay the course, stay the path. If we continue to follow our hearts and to live in our hearts and to work towards our soul's destiny, I just don't believe that we can go wrong. And as I'm looking at what the rest of my year is shaped up to look like, it's exciting and it's scary. And there's a lot of unknown. For example, my lease is up in a few months and I have to leave, to move and I don't even know where I'm moving. And that's scary. But there's also some opportunities that are available to me that have the potential to just completely change the course of my life. And I'm really excited. And like I said, I just can't imagine a better episode today than Dolly talking about astrology to remind us that we are given this life with a blueprint, whether you believe in astrology or not. This is how I think. We're given a blueprint. We're given a destiny. And we're given a chance to work towards that destiny. And for me, astrology has helped so much in keeping me on the course, on the path to that destiny. And I have a lot of other spiritual tools that I use, but astrology is an amazing one. And, and that's why I'm excited to share it with you guys. And Dolly's just an amazing human being. And I love that she came on today and was willing to kind of explain the beginning building blocks of understanding what astrology is and how you can apply it to your own life. So enjoy. And like I said, I have some awesome, awesome news coming soon this season and some incredible guests coming and I'm just ready to go. 2023. Let's fucking do it. Hey, Dolly. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So listen, um, I want to dive right in because we have a ton of stuff to go over today. But right. I want to talk a little bit about like, how one becomes like gets on the road to becoming a professional astrologer, because obviously, in my mind, I think that's like the coolest job in the world. So <laughs> I know that you're like your background, you're a former public school teacher, um, mm -hmm. but you're also a certified hypnotherapist. And mm -hmm. now your full time job is professional astrologer. So tell me about the road that led you there. Right. So, you know, I've thought a lot about this question <laughs> and 
Um, because people ask me, you know, how'd you become an astrologer a lot? I'm sure you probably get asked that all the time. Yes, because, you know, it's not exactly the typical run of the mill type of job. Nine to um, five job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, I hope I don't sound cheesy when I say this, but I honestly just feel like it was part of my destiny in this lifetime to become an astrologer. Um because there's really no other explanation for it. You know, like it really came out of nowhere. Um, I didn't grow up in a family where, you know, we were constantly talking about spirituality or astrology or anything like that. Um, you know, I somehow, when I was a kid, like, you know, discovered the fact that I was a Scorpio and learned about what it meant to be a Scorpio you know, basically, but, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and, um, astrology really just was not mainstream at that point. So, yeah, I feel like astrology then was like in maybe Cosmo, you could read like a little blur right. of what your <laughs> horoscope was, but that was yeah. kind of it. There weren't like public astrologers in the mainstream, like there is now. Right. At least not to my knowledge, you know? Um, right. <laughs> and so, so, you know, my experiences with astrology as a young person were pretty few and far between. And then I followed a pretty normal path, like you said, of, of becoming a teacher. You know, I went to college and got my master's in education. I had a, you know, a decently long career as a teacher teaching middle and high school kids. And um, I just got to a point, you know, where I was burnt out from teaching, um, which unfortunately happens to a lot of teachers these days because yeah. they're overworked and underpaid and yep. um, and kids are just, let's face it, like they're more difficult these days right? <laughs> in school than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so I was looking to make a career change and I couldn't really decide what I wanted to do. I had thought about maybe becoming a therapist, um, but I just couldn't, something was holding me back from like making that commitment to go back to school and get another master's like, you know, in psychology or whatever it is that you have to do to become a therapist. Um, but that really was like what I was kind of interested in was like psychology and self-development and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Which, interestingly enough, I feel like are themes of astrology too, if you think oh, about it. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Carl Jung, I don't know if you know who Carl Jung is. Yes, I do. Yeah, he's one of the, you know, I don't know, major psychologists of the 20th century. And right. um, he was an astrologer. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which um, I feel like gives it a lot of credibility because, yeah. you know, he, he was like the founding father of, of Western psychology, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I mean, he was an astrologer and he would read, he would use astrology and read his clients' natal charts um, in his sessions and stuff. So, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but I think now it's becoming a little bit more um, acceptable. In, yeah. Like, yeah. Starting to learn more about it. But, um, I wanted to make a career change <laughs> and somehow I came across like this astrologer on YouTube and he offered career consultation readings. And I just thought, you know, like what the heck, like I'm going to do this. Maybe this guy can tell me 
something that I'm not seeing or give me some insight onto into like what would be a good next career for me. Mm-hmm. So so I had the reading and I was expecting him to tell me something, you know, normal like you'd be a great realtor or you'd be a great like nurse or lawyer or like Yeah. Or like you should go back to school or not or kind yeah. of just like basic career guidance, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he told me, I think you'd be a great astrologer. And yeah. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like that was not at all what I was expecting. And I had no idea like how anyone would become an astrologer. Like this reading that I had was back in like 2015, 2016. So like Mm -hmm. that was, I feel like that was even before, you know, this, surge in like popularity of like astrology and being able to take astrology classes online and all that. Right. Um, um, so did you have to do like what kind of studying or certification is, is involved in, in just going from a hobby to being a professional? Right. Well, there, so, you know, I did some research and things just started to come into my attention that, you know, there were all of these astrology schools out there. Um, there are actual like colleges like Kepler College and there's universities in England and I'm sure many other places, but there are actual legit like colleges that teach you how to become an astrologer. And then there's other, you know, astrologers that have been doing it for a long time that have their own schools as well. Right. And um, I came across Deborah Silverman Um, Who I love. I know we've talked about that before. She is like, in my mind, the OG of astrologers. She's incredible. She's on Instagram. I think it's Deborah Silverman or Deb Silverman Astrology. I'll put it in the show notes, but for anybody listening, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you studied with her, I feel like is makes you so credible as an astrologer (laughs) because she's just the shit. Well, thank you. I, I agree. I think she is absolutely the shit. And, um, so, so yeah, so I went through her school and I've studied with um, other astrologers as well that have their own schools. I've taken classes at Kepler College too. Um, I just found my way somehow through it. Like I said, like I really feel like it was like my destiny because all of these people just came into my world. And like, it was like, you know, every time I would do one thing, it's like the next door would open. You know what I mean? Like totally. And in my mind, that's when, you know, I feel like you're in alignment with your, your destiny, with your path. When, Mm -hmm. when you put the effort in to like pursue something Mm -hmm. and then, you know, everything aligns, like that's just the best feeling. Cause you know, you're in alignment. Like this is my path. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Right. Like it just happens. Like everything just opens up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I just, you know, I quit teaching. So did you graduate astrology school with like a cap and gown and a diploma? (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately I did not. Um, But it wasn't like that. But I just, um, I just started my own business. I quit teaching and I started my own business and just started giving readings. And I haven't look back since like that's what I've been doing since then and and I love it well you've definitely you know you've blown up here like obviously in the Charleston area you're known as the Charleston astrologer and you do like your you have private readings you'll do group readings you do workshops and classes so you're like 
all up in doing all kinds of cool astrology related stuff in the community. Um, so it's working. You're definitely, you're on, on the path of your destiny. I mean, I see it. I think it's amazing. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit like about the history of astrology and like how far back does it go? And I know sometimes people tell me they're like, oh, you know, poo poo astrology. It's not like, it's not like a real thing. And I always say it is real. So like, what's your explanation when people say (laughs) to you, like, is it real or like, what's the history of it? Well, I think, yeah. So the history, in terms of the history, I mean, astrology has been around since basically like the beginning of human existence, you know, like right. at least, you know, I know that it goes all the way back to um, Mesopotamia. And, you know, if you really think about it, it's like they didn't have a lot of things to do, right? <laughs> you know, except to just like survive and then I look up at the sky. Yeah. yeah, And at night they would look up at the sky and watch, you know, the stars and see how they moved. And they would basically track patterns between the movement of the planets through the sky and, you know, events that would happen down on earth. And they would create these stories around that. And they basically gave, you know, they turned the planets into like characters almost or gods, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave the planets different characteristics and, um, you know, when Mars would do this, this would happen on earth, you know, like, so right. they, basically it was just all about them tracking the movement of the planets and correlating that with events that would happen on earth. And, you know, um, astrology was passed, has been passed down through many different civilizations, you know, like Indian civilization, Chinese, um, you know, Greece, ancient Greece. Um, So it goes all the way back. And, you know, right now, it really feels like ever since COVID, really, like, I feel like that it's really just exploded. And I'm like this really mainstream thing. And like the younger generation, um, like my daughter's age like you know early preteens or whatever like they're like super into astrology and they all know like their big three and everything and they're right they're all in it's with like astrology. normal for them like, to know that yeah yeah well I always kind of feel like when I'm talking about it with people I'm like you know as long as there's been the study of the planets like astronomy you know as long mm-hmm. as there's been astronomy which is a very accepted scientific study of mm-hmm. the planets and the movement of the planets and the placement of the constellations as mm-hmm. long as there's been that which has again goes back to the beginning of time there's mm-hmm. also been the study of you know like you said it's like tracking the, the historical events that coincide with certain planetary movements. So I don't feel like that's that woo-woo when you think about it that way. And and I also always say too, like, look, I mean, the moon, for example, if you can accept as like a scientific fact that the moon, you know, regulates the tides on planet Mm -hmm. earth and it, you know, regulates menstrual cycles in women. And and we know that then, then how, how can we not consider that there are other planetary effects? Right. the other planets. I mean, to me, I feel like that makes perfect sense, but yeah. Okay. And, so, and I would challenge anybody, like if there's really like a true skeptic, I would be like, let me read your birth chart. Yes, <laughs> totally. I agree. And then they will be a skeptic no more. Right. Right. So let's get into breaking down kind of like the basics of a natal chart. So can you mm-hmm. explain what is a natal chart exactly? 
So a natal chart is literally a snapshot of the sky the moment that you were born. So, you know, it basically, it looks like, if you ever look at your natal chart, it looks basically like a pizza, you know, it's got mm -hmm. like 12 slices, which are called the houses. And you can see all the glyphs on there of all the different planets. Um, the moment that you were born, like where they were in the sky. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that, but that's yeah, like but that's that's the gist of it. Yeah. It's like a pizza with twelve houses, <laughs> and then down to the literal minute you were born will depend yeah. on what houses, what planets are in each house, and you know what sign. Mm -hmm. So let's talk on that note. Like, um, let's talk about the big three. You, you have a sun sign, you have a moon sign, and you have a rising sign, and and when I first started like self-studying astrology, because I'm clearly no professional, I just like as a hobby have, have studied it. But mm -hmm. that's where I really started to kind of understand my chart was like, let me just learn about my sun sign, mm -hmm. my moon sign, and then my rising. Um, right. So I'd love for you to just kind of explain to people the significance of those and, and what they represent. Right. And I think that that's a great um, starting point for anybody just starting to learn about astrology is to start with what we call kind of like your big three, um, like you said, which is your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. And so those three things together make up like your basic personality. Mm -hmm. um, and so your sun sign represents your masculine energy. It's like, it's like your core personality and like how you shine out in the world. Um, you know, how you... It's like your life force energy, you know, mm -hmm. um, and most people would identify you as like your sun sign. Um, mm -hmm. They can recognize like that energy in you. And mm -hmm. um, so that's your sun sign. And then your moon sign represents your feminine energy. So that's kind of like your private self. It might be the side of you that people don't automatically see all the time. Um and it has to do with like your emotional body and how you feel safe and secure in the world. And um, it can tell us things about how we respond when we're triggered. And it even tells us things about uh, experiences that we had in our childhood and how we viewed our parents. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. The moon sign is like, really it's it's a lot it's pretty it's got a lot of information in our moon sign probably even more than our sun sign i agree and that's why i think it's so fascinating to learn because for me you know i'm a libra sun but i'm an aquarius moon and when mm -hmm. i really started studying what it means to have an aquarius moon i felt so oh my god like so much resonated you know right. like, god this makes so much sense and so it's really cool when you when you learn to study your chart or have your chart read for you mm -hmm. to uh, kind of um uncover some of this stuff that that makes sense and like you said the moon stuff about your childhood your emotions mm -hmm. i think i identify a lot more with my moon as I've gotten older, just like the qualities and the characteristics and the meaning of it and maybe that's because it is the you know, the feminine side, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to just like the sun, but, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting that there is so much to uncover when you, when you learn about your moon. Uh, okay. So then we've got the rising, which, you know, yeah. 
I want you to mention this too, because someone asked, I did the little Instagram poll and someone mm -hmm. was like, I'm confused about when I read my horoscope, am I supposed to read for my sun sign? Am I supposed to read for mm -hmm. my rising sign? And like, what's the difference? So the way that I've learned it, you can read for both your sun sign and your rising sign. But if I was to choose one or the other, I would really actually read for my rising sign because right. that's how astrologers write write up those horoscopes they're using the rising sign they're not right. they're not basing it off of people's sun signs so you're actually supposed to read horoscopes for your rising sign and i feel like nowadays if you are you know getting horoscopes off of instagram or social media like the astrologers most astrologers will say like read for your rising sign um, right as opposed to your sun sign but um yeah so your rising sign this is why it's so important to know like your exact time of birth and where you were born because the rising sign literally has to do with what sign, what astrological sign was on the horizon, the Eastern horizon, the moment that you were born. Um, and so that's how the rising sign gets calculated based off of your time of birth and where you were born. And that rising sign sets up the houses basically in your whole natal chart. Um, so it, it is really important to know that information before you get a natal chart reading so that it can be as accurate as possible. Um, but yeah, so the rising sign actually has to do with your soul's purpose. And um, it's literally like, you know, in astrology, most astrologers or all astrologers, I think pretty much believe in past lives. And right. so they believe that when our soul comes into this next lifetime that they're about to come into, that they agree, they, they literally agree to live out this natal chart, you know? And so they agree to come in and they have this rising sign. And so they're agreeing to rise into the highest expression of whatever their rising sign is. So if you are a, I don't know, a Libra rising, then mm -hmm. you your soul is agreeing to come into this lifetime and to try to become the highest expression, the highest vibration of the archetype of a Libra. So that's so cool. So like the rising sign really is our destiny, right? I mean, it's like our... It's definitely part of our destiny, yeah. Right, right. Well, that's true. I mean, there's so many themes in the chart that that yeah. are about our, our path and our destiny. But I love the, the rising sign as being, like you said, I mean, rising to the highest expression of our purpose. Right, yeah. And it doesn't always come naturally. You know, it's something mm -hmm. that you kind of have permission to grow into, you know, as you get older, you know, like we're always just trying to get better and better at becoming what we're supposed to become in this life, right? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I imagine you as an astrologer, almost like a psychic, like when a psychic goes to the grocery store and they're like picking up, you know, messages <laughs> right and left, like when you're at a party or something and you're having a conversation with someone, do you yeah. feel like you can pick up, is it usually like, oh, I can tell their sun sign pretty, pretty easily or like which one comes across to you? Or, or is there yeah. one? Well, you know, three? yeah, there is. I mean, like, so I try not to do that <laughs> too much. Like, <laughs> play the like, oh, let me guess your sign. Like, you know, every time I leave the house. Um, but of course, I do. I am constantly thinking about it. 
Um, and like you said, if like something is just like so blatantly obvious or like I'm getting such a strong vibe from somebody and I just have yeah. to know, like I will ask them. And I've done that even with, even with just people that like, like check me out at the grocery store. It's like when, right. you, get, when you get an extra check, I can usually spot Gemini's pretty easily because they're just like nonstop asking you questions and like you don't even know them and they're just yeah. like super interested in like who you are and what are you doing and like blah, blah, blah. And they just have all these questions and like I will straight up be like, are you a Gemini by any chance? And they'll be like, oh my God, how did you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I would say Geminis are pretty easy to spot. Um and I think sometimes like physical features too, like, you know, we always say too, like you Scorpio yeah. features, usually you can, you can tell from someone, but I mean, again, that would be their son, right? That the expression, the physical features would be manifestation of their sun sign. Is that right? Actually? Yeah. I would say, yeah, you could either sun sign or rising sign. You can okay. usually um, spot a Scorpio rising pretty easily because they will be like dressed in all black and like right. maybe like, you know like have like this mysterious like vibe to them or yes you know maybe not look extra friendly um <laughs> when you first meet them right yeah so i want to talk to about we were talking like about the chart the natal chart being like this is kind of like a blueprint of your destiny and your 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 incarnation in this lifetime and like what you're agreeing to sort of play out in terms of, you know, your life and, and, and how it relates to your birth chart. So mm -hmm. I have said on the podcast before that probably my favorite part of astrology and studying my own natal chart and, and my friends is learning the North and South nodes. And I've talked a little bit about it before about what they mean, but mm -hmm. I'd love for you to touch on that because for me, it's like, I feel like I'm studying the karmic themes, you know, and the yeah. threads of astrology that are like so evident in the North and then the South node. So can you break down what those are and how we work with them? Yeah. So the North and South node are the nodes of the moon. And, um, it's kind of like really technical. They're not actually planets or celestial bodies or anything. They're just mm -hmm. like mathematical points in the sky. Um, but they have to do with the eclipses um, and things like that. But, you know, in terms of have what they mean in your um, natal chart, they do have to do with your destiny and your fate. And um, so like the South Node represents your past life. It represents um, like whatever sign your South Node is in mm -hmm. is probably a sign that you have been in many lifetimes before. So mm -hmm. like, for example, my South node is in Pisces. So, um, it, it's most likely that in many past lives, I was a Pisces sun. And mm. so I have lived out that energy and cultivated that energy. My soul has, you know, throughout many lifetimes. And I'm very, very familiar with that energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I come into this life, you know, because I'm so familiar with that Pisces energy, I can fall back into that like pretty easily. And, and sometimes it can even be like the lower frequencies um, mm -hmm. of that sign, because they say in astrology that your South node can be kind of like your undoing, like your karmic undoing or self undoing. Yep. Um, so it can kind of, you can kind of tend to play out some of those lower 
frequencies of the sign mm-hmm. of your south node. Um, and so you're really trying to go the other way, right? Like you're right. really trying to push into your north node, which is um, your pathway to your destiny. It's like your north node is typically going to be an energy that you're not very familiar with and that doesn't come naturally to you again, kind of like your mm-hmm. rising sign. Um, and it's harder for you to, you know, live out those energies, but that's what you really want to cultivate in this lifetime. So for me, my North nodes in Virgo, your, your nodes are always going to be in opposite signs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so being a good Virgo is difficult for me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but because I know astrology, I know that you know, I, I really am very consciously aware of the fact that I'm trying to cultivate these uh, Virgo tendencies or these these Virgo characteristics, which is like, you know, being more organized, having routines and like taking care of my health and yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's really, if I do those things, then I should, you know, get to where I'm supposed to be going in this lifetime. Does that make yeah. sense? It makes perfect sense to me. And that's why I think I love to study them so much because it gives me a reference point. So for me, you know, my South nodes in Capricorn, my North nodes in Cancer. Mm -hmm. So working towards the attributes and the qualities of Cancer, which is like flows like water, it's feminine, it's Mm -hmm. the mother, it's, um, you know, all those qualities, like that's what I'm trying to embody. Um, and, but in doing that, I have to sort of release and let go the qualities that are the opposite, you know, which would be in Capricorn, the masculine, the discipline, the, Mm -hmm. um, rigidity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's like little room for ease and flow and just like surrendering to the flow of the universe. But Mm -hmm. having, knowing my cancer North node gives me this point of reference of like, this is, who I'm trying to be. These are qualities of what I want to be. And when I'm not in alignment with that, like you said, I know I'm not in alignment with the the easiest path to my destiny, right? Because no matter what, we're on the path, like can't Mm -hmm. change that. But either it's, we can work with energy to make it more in flow, or we can work Mm -hmm. with qualities that are like going to hold us back or um, make it more of a struggle. So to me, it's just a beautiful example of something we can use to help um, get in alignment, you know, not even just spiritually, but like just with the energy of the planets. Right, exactly. And another thing that just came up for me while you were talking was um, the fact that like, even though we have this potential, because that's really what our natal chart is, it's, it's potential energy, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's not a done deal, like, you know, what's going to happen to us in this lifetime, like we do have free will. So you know, if we don't take advantage of the energies that are, you know, laid out for us in our natal chart, if we don't, if we're not aware of them, and we're not like, constantly trying to use those energies or work with those energies, like you were saying, like, you might not fulfill your destiny, you know, you might, you might, you might not, you know, achieve all that you were supposed to achieve in this lifetime. Right. And then then you're going to come back around next time. Similar. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You're going to be doing I, I the think, same thing in the next lifetime. <laughs> that's totally. And that's, again, like that karmic thread, you know, mm-hmm. that I love to study because there is work, there is karma, there is, um, 
a process and a path to this life. And astrology is just another tool that we can use to, to keep ourselves going in the right direction. And mm -hmm. I love how you were saying too, like, um, because I think on a smaller scale, um, stepping away from the actual birth chart for a second, but like on a smaller scale of like working with the energy of the planets, mm -hmm. can you talk about you know, um, the new moon and the full moon. And, and, and nowadays, it, like you were saying with social media and all the astrologers that are out there, it's yeah. most people know like, oh, it's the full moon, like set your intentions or, or do your rituals or yeah. do this on the new moon. So can you talk about that a little bit and how people can start there with? Yeah. Like to bring astrology into a yeah, their own like person. Yeah. Maybe just like, yeah. what can I, what's, what do I do on a full moon? Should I be like making a wish? Should I be letting something right. go? What's yeah. the, yeah, so so the new moon is the beginning of the lunation cycle. So um, you're actually supposed to set your intentions on the new moon because that's the beginning, right? Like that's the mm -hmm. beginning where, you know, there's nothing but pure potential out there, right? So you, mm -hmm. you, you set your intentions under the new moon. And then two weeks later, we have a full moon. And full moons are kind of twofold. So number one, it's a time for celebrating, right? Because <laughs> all of our emotions are heightened, the sky is bright, like everybody's like, woo, like got all this energy. And so it's a time to celebrate like all that you have manifested from your intentions and, you know, celebrate all the things that you're grateful, grateful for in your life under a full moon. But then it's also like an inflection point where you are supposed to like, you know, take inventory of what's going on in your life at the moment. And, you know, if you're, if you're not manifesting everything that you have intended to manifest at that point, then it's like, okay, well, what's blocking me? What do I need to release? Um, mm -hmm. What kind of energies do I want to let go of so that my manifestations or intentions can come to fruition? And one, ret one ritual that I always do um on a new moon is I always write my intentions down in a journal and I, and I keep it and I, you know, I've been doing it for years so I can go back, you know, a couple of years and see like every intention that I set um, on every new moon. And that's kind of cool. It's like a nice little like accountability tool, I guess. Um, or and even just proof. <laughs> Cause yeah. you and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording mm -hmm. yesterday was full moon in Leo. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned to me that the, um, the, the new moon that, that was kind of the, the, the seed being planted for the full moon mm -hmm. yesterday was the new moon, um, back in August when we had the Lionsgate portal. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was like blown away by that because mm -hmm. for me personally, Lionsgate in August, you know, I was in ceremony in Costa Rica with like five of our medicine family peeps here in Charleston. And we had, mm -hmm. you know, it was a very, I mean, that was a huge experience. And I yeah. know I had, I know that I have intentions in my journal for that new moon. So today I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot that that's what yesterday's full moon was tied to. I would like run back and look and see yeah. what I was putting out there and what's, what's come to fruition or maybe like what's still, yeah. what's still holding back. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I highly encourage everybody to write down your intentions so that you can look back and see like, you know, what, what were you wanting to manifest in your life? Um, and so then on a full moon, um, one of the rituals that I try to do is to, you know, check in with those intentions and, and see, 
you know, what I need to release, you know, like what, what's blocking me from getting what I want in life, you know? And mm-hmm. so I write it down, I write down all the things, you know, I do some journaling and write down what I want to release and, and I actually burn it um, under the full moon. And it's, you know, it's cathartic and it's a, it's a good ritual to, to do. I feel like. I agree. And I think that there's just a lot of importance in ritual, you know, there's mm-hmm. ritual in everything. And, you know, whether it's writing something down and burning it and letting it go or the ritual of just prayer or the ritual yeah. of journaling, but it, there's so much intention behind it. And intention is mm-hmm. so powerful, you know, yes. it's so powerful. So yes. I think that's, I'm the same where, you know, I'm not as good as I'd like to be about every new moon doing my intentions, but I, I would say most of them I do. And I love to go back and look and see um, how they played out and how, how the seeds that I planted Mm-hmm. came to fruition. It's it's amazing. So I agree. You don't have to know a ton about, or you don't have to know anything about astrology to just know, oh, it's a new moon. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take five minutes to jot down some things that I want to cultivate during this lunar cycle. Yeah. That's totally a great point. Exactly. Like you don't even have to know <laughs> that the new moon is in, you know, Aquarius or whatever else. Like exactly. Right. Like, just, just write down what you want to manifest in your life. You know, you don't yes. even have to know the astrology behind it. Exactly. So let's talk a bit about the astrology of 2023. Um, You know, this is early February. So what do you see for the rest of the year as like what's happening with the eclipses and what signs do you see as being kind of like the most impacted by the, you know, big astrology transits this year? Right. Um, So you mentioned the eclipses and um, eclipses are always you know, major. That's always like, I think everybody should know when eclipse season is every year. (laughs) Um, Yes. Because the eclipses to me are like intense, intensity season, you know, it's like, you want to be knowing when eclipse season is because um, when the eclipses happen, they cause major new beginnings and endings in our lives. And just like, you know, how we were just talking about the full moon, how like energy is heightened under a full moon, Um, it's almost like, you know, triple that under eclipses, you know? Yes. So, um, so last year, um, the eclipses were in Scorpio and Taurus. And so all of the fixed signs, like people that have, uh, major fixed placements, like that's, um, Scorpio, Taurus, Leo, and Aquarius, Um, they might have experienced a lot of major new beginnings and endings last year in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will probably still continue to see those as, you know, the eclipses are shifting into new signs this year, but there's still, there's still going to be a couple of um, lunar eclipses this year in both Scorpio and Taurus. Um, But for those signs, would you say, is it easing up a little bit at least is the, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say last year was way more intense and more active. And yes, exactly. Like all of the changes that they have been seeing in the past year or so year and a half, you know, those, mm-hmm. those stories are going to be wrapping up this year. So yeah. Okay. And, and with Saturn changing signs, like moving out of Aquarius as well this year, um, yes. the, the fixed signs are going to kind of, you know, <laughs> get, get, get a little, 
you know, lightness back into much deserved life. reprieve, a exactly, little break. Exactly. Yes. Um, and so, um, so now this year, the eclipses are going to be moving into Aries and Libra. And so we're shifting. And so basically eclipse season this year is like going to be like April, May, mm-hmm. like Aries Taurus season. And then um, in the fall, it'll be Libra Scorpio season. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense? So yes. So the peeps. So who who needs to be on the lookout for <laughs> some major life stuff? Yeah. This on the eclipses this year. So obviously Aries and Libra. We know that. Yep. So Aries and Libra, and then the other two cardinal signs, which are Cancer and Capricorn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what kind of stuff may come up? around an eclipse for those signs? So it totally depends on, you know, what houses the eclipses are falling in your chart um, as to the type of things that can happen. But I mean, you know, they're like major, major life events, typically, like, usually, like, maybe you move or maybe you get a new job or um, maybe you have a baby or something like that or get married or start a new relationship. It's all of those. It's usually like, major life events will happen. I also think it's fascinating. So if anybody out there is listening and you are curious, like you could go back and say, for example, the the eclipses this year in Aries and Libra, you can just Google mm-hmm. when was the last time the eclipses happened in Aries and Libra and it'll tell you what year it was. And then you can go look and be like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, that mm-hmm. year I got married. That year I got divorced. I ha- You can see like how those themes played out for mm-hmm. you the last time we had eclipses in those signs. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So so. what are like this year, what are some easy times? Like, okay, these are going to be some times where like smooth sailing, obviously we just got out of all the retrogrades. So everybody kind of knows like, all right, we can chill for a minute with, you know, without having all that retrograde energy. So, so what's some like easy times and then what are some times we kind of need to just like buckle up a little bit astrologically this year? Yeah. Um, well, again, like it does depend on like your personal chart, but True. you know, one thing that I can say is, you know, in terms of like Aries, I know we already mentioned Aries and the cardinal signs. Um, but before we get into eclipse season, like more the beginning of 2023, um, the planet Jupiter, which is um, the planet that rules like good luck and expansion and good fortune and abundance. And like, you know, it's like the lucky planet. Mm -hmm. Jupiter is going to be in Aries for the first half of the year, all the way up until like mid-May. So all of those cardinal signs and even all of the fire signs also, um, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, Mm-hmm. Um, they will all kind of get some of that love from Jupiter, um, with, you know, good things hopefully happening in their lives, um, for that first half of the year. So that's something good to look forward to for them. And that's a lot of signs, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is so cool. So again, like, let's just say you have Aries in any of your top three, you're an Aries sun, moon or mm-hmm. rising. And mm-hmm. obviously we, we know that it can be other planets too, but just yeah. to, for starters and yeah. beginners here, if you, yeah. once you learn your top three and you know, like, oh, I've got Aries in one of those, guess what? Jupiter's coming for you and bringing mm-hmm. the blessings, baby. Mm-hmm. Jupiter always brings the blessings. So that's a great <laughs> 
What yeah. about um, Venus and Pisces? Can you talk about that a little bit? So, yeah. So Venus is in Pisces right now. Um, and Pisces is where Venus is exalted, um, which just means like, you know, that when whenever Venus is in the sign of Pisces, it's like it's its favorite place to be. It feels like royalty in the sign. Um, you know, it's just like the highest expression of Venus. And Venus kind of moves through the signs pretty quickly um, because it is an inner planet. Um, so it won't be in Pisces for all that long. But, you know, anytime that Venus um, is transiting through your sign, like you said, kind of, you know, like if it's transiting through one of the signs of your big three, like that's definitely a good um, thing to know as well, because Venus, like Jupiter, is kind of like a benefic planet. It brings good fortune. It rules money and love um, mm -hmm. and relationships. And so, you know, if let's say like um, if I'm like I'm I'm a Cancer rising. So whenever Venus is going is transiting through Cancer, when Venus is in Cancer, like I want to know that because like that would be a great time for me to do like a photo shoot or you know like. Um, maybe, I don't know, like go on a trip with my husband or something like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, um, good times for those kind of Venusian things. Activities. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's good. So we have Valentine's day coming up obviously this yeah. month. So I'm glad we're talking about Venus and like Venus is my chart ruler because I'm mm -hmm. a Libra rising, but it's, it's the planet of love and beauty. And, mm -hmm. and I, I feel like if you know your Venus placement, I mm -hmm. always kind of feel like, you know, your love language a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, an example of that for me is I have Venus in the sign of Virgo. And to me, I kind of translate that as to like acts of service, right? Like mm -hmm. there's the five love languages and some people know what theirs are. And, um, Virgo is very much like in love, like shows love by like, I'm going to pack your lunch for you today. Or, you know, I'm going to pick up like, that's the expression of, you know, the love, love language of my natal chart. So I also think that's another interesting planet. If you're getting, you know, just started on studying your own chart, like find out what sign you have Venus in, and then that you can understand a little bit about how you express love. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great thing to know. Yeah. What about, um, can you talk for a minute about the midheaven? Because I think mm -hmm. that's another um, area of the chart that's really fascinating, especially when we're talking about destiny. Um, mm -hmm. Will you explain a little bit about what the midhe midheaven is in the natal chart? Yeah. So um, the midheaven is one of our angles, what we call one of our angles in our natal chart. Um, and it rules <clears throat> our career line. And so, hmm, so for example, um, my midheaven is in Aries. Mm -hmm. And so that could mean maybe I would be good at a career that is Aries-like. Like maybe I'd be- The maybe, military? Yeah, I was <laughs> say like, maybe I should have been a soldier. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, be like a soldier, like an MMA fighter or something. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, Dolly, I don't see you as being either. <laughs> I think I actually could have been a fight one MMA fighter in another lifetime. Um, in another lifetime, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or in so, yeah I don't know. Um, but or but it, you know something like that, or it could just simply be 
like the fact that like I need to work for myself, you know? Like Oh, very true. Yeah. That, yeah. Like I need to not have a boss telling me what to do. I need to feel like a sense of independence um within my career. Um so yeah, what's your midheaven in? So mine's in cancer. And yeah. it's funny because two of my closest girlfriends who are also Libra Risings, they're both in cancer as well. And two mm -hmm. of us are nurses and one is a massage therapist, which I feel mm -hmm. like that's so, you know, perfectly fitting for, for three cancer midheavens. But um, mm -hmm. it's just another interesting point that you can look at and see like either, wow, this does resonate so much with what I do for a living. Or you can see like what other things you may be good at, you know, maybe you're at a point in your life where you're reconsidering what you want to do career wise and looking at the midheaven in the chart can give you an indication of where your strengths are or what qualities come naturally to you in terms of career and making a living. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool. I love it. And when you do natal chart readings for people, like this is pretty much all stuff you go over or like, what do you, mm -hmm. What other points do you kind of touch on when you're when you're giving someone a, a overview of their natal chart? So we definitely go over obviously, you know, like the big three. Um, mm -hmm. We I talk a lot about Saturn. Um, yes, people's Saturn placements, and we talk about their Saturn cycles, like past Saturn cycles that they've gone through, because um, nine times out of ten people will have had major life events happen um, during their Saturn cycles. Yes. And, and I've said on the podcast before, these people know, I'm always like, fucking Saturn. <laughs> Coming in once again, fucking my shit up. Like, I mean, and I kind of joke around about it, but the truth is Saturn is such a powerful planet. And anytime mm -hmm. there's significant deep change going on in your life, I'm like, oh, it's probably fucking Saturn. <laughs> Right, exactly. It's like between the eclipses and Saturn cycles or Saturn transits, you know, you, yes. know, you know things are about to change if yes. if those one of those two things is like activating your chart. Um, yeah. But don't you agree that it's kind of like, I also have, I tell myself this too. I'm like, Saturn comes in sometimes like a wrecking ball and it's like, mm -hmm. Saturn's not going to take mercy. But what Saturn's doing is like creating deep and, 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 meaningful change for, again, to keep you on that path of your destiny, right? So either like stuff that needs to get cleared out or needs to get reworked or needs to get added or removed or whatever, like mm -hmm. Saturn doesn't really give a shit how you feel, but he's going to come in and make those changes. And you just have to kind of like roll with it. And what I tell myself is like, this is all for my greater good. This is all for like the destiny of my, of my life. So it's like, just, just try to hang on. But I'm always like, oh my God, Saturn, really? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think Deborah Silverman um, described Saturn as like the grumpy, like high school principal. <laughs> that, totally. <laughs> that is like this kind of mean and like kind of strict and like doesn't really want to hear all of your excuses about like why yep. you're late for school. And, yep. you know, like just kind of like lights a fire under your ass to like get you to like shape up and like grow up. You know, like, that's so true. I love that description. I'm always like, bro, why are you here? Like, leave me alone for five minutes. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So, tell me what you have coming up here in Charleston for like upcoming events and workshops. And then also, people who are interested in booking a reading with you, where they can find you on social media. Like, give me all the goods on that. 
Great. Yeah. So I actually have a workshop slash class that I'm teaching at the end of the month on February 28th at um, Three Seeds Wellness. Holla, Three Seeds Wellness. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's about learning how to map your month um, with the moon. So Love it. yeah, so I'm going to be teaching all about like how to plan your month you know, based on the moon's uh, cycles and like what sign she's going to be in um, throughout the month. Because, you know, a lot of astrologers, if you follow them on social media or on YouTube and stuff, like they will do like the daily moon updates. Like today, the moon's in cancer. And like, so you should do this today. But like, wouldn't it be great if you knew that like a month ahead of time, right? Right. (laughs) If you knew a month ahead of time, like, where everything, how it was all going to play out and you could plan your life and your activities accordingly so that you'll be in the mood to do those things because the moon uh, rules our mood and how we're, we're feeling for the day. Um, and then I'm also, you know, I also do um, uh, moon workshops, like either on like the full moon or the new moon. I do those at the center for healing pretty often um, with Jess Berain mm-hmm. and, um, you can find me on Instagram under the Charleston astrologer. And my website is the same thing, the Charleston astrologer.com. And yeah, I do natal chart readings, um, kids, natal chart readings, synastry readings, everything's on my website. So Yes. And synastry readings. I'm glad you mentioned that too. Cause that's another really cool thing you can do where like, if you, wanted to see your chart compared to like maybe you just started dating someone and mm-hmm. you want to see like your compatibility or even you could do it with your children or someone mm-hmm. in your family or a friend but just kind of like the overlaying of two charts to see the connections similarities all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and i always say too like <clears throat> if you wanted to do it like low-key you know you just started dating someone you want to see how you are compatible <laughs> they don't need to know okay you just did their birthday okay and then you have dolly run and then she'll let you know if this is this is gonna work or not so um, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So I want to do, um, and again, I'll put all these links in the show notes. So people have the website, they have your Instagram, um, links to the workshops that you're doing. Nice. Um, but let's do a couple rapid fires real quick before we wrap up. Okay. All right. So first question, what do you think happens when we die? Um, I think that when we die, like I said before, you know, <clears throat> I believe that we are essentially a soul. Um, and I believe that we are made up of energy and mm-hmm. we're energetic beings and, um, you know, energy never dies, you know, right. it, just, it just changes form. So I feel like when our physical body dies, that our soul, you know, just goes back up to wherever it came from in, in the universe and, um, you know, and we start all over again in another, in another body at some other yep. I agree. I think I think that's pretty spot on. Do you believe in aliens? Yeah, I do. I believe in aliens. Um, I've never met an alien. I've, I've never been that we know of. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never met one that I know of to be an alien. Um, uh, but I, of course, yeah, I definitely believe in aliens. I don't want to be beamed up. Um, and, yes, and <laughs> I don't want to be taken to wherever they're from, but. 
I do believe that they are out there. Yes. I agree. I think um, when we were talking about this before, I said like, well, I don't know. I think I wouldn't mind being beamed up. <laughs> I'm like out there with my tinfoil hat on, like, come on, like take me up. I'm, I want to check it out. Okay. So one like special rapid fire question just for you, special mm -hmm. astrology related one. Um, I would love to know what you think, what sign or placement in the chart is like the closet freak of the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everyone knows that like, or I don't know if everyone knows or not, but Scorpios and Tauruses are, they have the reputation of being like the most sexual signs uh -huh. of the Zodiac. Uh -huh. um, so they're not the, you know, they're not the secret freaks, but they're definitely freaks. They can be freaks. <laughs> but I would say the secret freaks are probably Pisces uh -huh. um, just because they are such like shapeshifters and like you never really know what they're up to. And like, yes, you know, like they kind of have this, you know, Scorpios get the, the reputation of being like mysterious, but like Pisces are like really mysterious. Like for sure. You really just never know what you're going to get with a Pisces. That's so true. You really don't. They are kind of shapeshifters and like, they'll surprise you those Pisces. Mm -hmm. So all right. Well, you guys heard it. Okay. Taurus, Scorpio, a little <laughs> freaky, freaky, but Pisces, like probably the extra freaky. So yeah, they're the I love it. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, Dolly, I'm so glad that you came on today. This was so fun. I could literally yeah. sit and talk to you about astrology for hours and hours, but mm -hmm. you know, this is an awesome opportunity to just do like a little intro to my listeners. And I hope you'll come back on again someday Absolutely. and we can do like to. some more detail and, and we'll do another roundup of questions and, and answer more questions for people. But I think this is an awesome way to just introduce the basics. Mm -hmm. And again, I will put in all the show notes, links to where um, people can find you, how they can get a chart reading. And thank you again so much for coming on today. It was awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.